0: Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you have found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architect- I am so excited to do today's show because it is about a topic that we all deal with and no one wants to talk about and that's called knowing your worth aka how much money you're earning. There is so much guilt and shame that's wrapped around how much you earn that it's ridiculous. There's this belief that We are the noble creative who freely gives our time, blood, sweat, tears, toiling away for the greater good. And that if you actually want to be compensated for that, you're a sellout. The truth is, money is not good or bad. It's just currency. In a cash-based economy, it's how we trade goods and services. For our services, we get compensated, and therefore we can do other things in our life that requires the goods and services other people make and provide. It's that simple, but we turn it into something so much more. Earning more money only lets you do more good in the world, lets you help more people through charitable donations, lets you have less stress, lets you help others by using their services more. So there really shouldn't be any shame around money. Money is directly tied to the value you have. So it isn't just status and it isn't just about the take-home pay and what you can do with it once you get the money in your bank account. It's about how people value you. Think about it. How do you value a $10 manicure versus a $50 manicure? Do you view them as having the same quality? Do you think you're going to get the same service? Of course not. So when you are paid less, it cheapens your value, at least the way that you're perceived. And if you try to overcompensate for that and prove your value by working harder and harder and harder, you're actually showing that you're worth less and less and less. So, I hope you can see how that dynamic works and that it's really not in your favor. And there is nothing noble about not getting paid what you're worth. Now, that said, what are you worth? What you're worth is deeply tied to your experience, your credentials, your expertise, your point of view, and your soft skills. The higher you can rank in each of those categories, the more value you have to an employer or to a client. Let's dig a little deeper into each of these and talk about how you can boost your value by boosting these skills. The first thing is specialized skills, otherwise known as expertise If you work in a specialized field, just do the math. There are fewer people in your city, in your region, in the country doing what you do. For example, if you are a spec writer, you are going to have a very sought-after skill set. Not very many people have that. If you are a building envelope expert, you have a marketable, specialized skill. Where I work in healthcare as a medical planner, you can pretty much walk into any firm and they will hire you if you are available because everyone needs medical planners and there frankly aren't enough of us to go around. As I've always said multiple times on this podcast, you need to get really clear on what you love doing and the special skills you cultivate need to match up with what you love. By no means should you say, well, healthcare is a really lucrative field, so that's what I'm going to do. If you hate healthcare, that would be a terrible decision. (laughs) Align your interest with areas that you can develop specialty credentials, a wealth of experience that other people don't have, Speak and publish in that arena and really start to make a name for yourself around that specialty. Another value is soft skills. Now, we hear these talked about all the time in today's workspace where everything is team based, where firms are less and less hierarchical, more and more collaborative, and our clients are working in a more collaborative manner as well. Being able to listen well, to facilitate a discussion, to build consensus, to show adaptability and flexibility in the face of adversity and problem solve, saying, How can I? These are all things that make you more valuable because they make clients want to work with you and they make you like a magnet for all the staff in the office, because it's fun to work with you. The projects turn out better. They're more exciting because there's this dynamic going on that doesn't happen on every other project. Learning those soft skills is critical to earning value. A lot of people who are the experts, are not very well-liked or well-regarded by the people that have to work with them. And they're kind of viewed as prima donnas if they don't have these soft skills. It's not just about getting the job in the first place or getting a decent salary. If you want to move up in the company, those soft skills are critical. Next is showing that you care about work beyond projects projects keep us busy, and that's the point, or none of the firms we work for would be in business. However, if all a firm ever did was the projects they were hired to do, they would never evolve or advance. Everyone would be nose to the grindstone all the time, and some of the very things that make a firm so attractive to clients would kind of go away saying, let's really make a commitment to social determinants to health and make that an initiative that we market and that we educate all of our staff on and that we introduce on every project. That's bringing something above and beyond a project to the firm, differentiating the firm, showing that you can be a leader and that you're willing to go that extra mile. Getting engaged and involved in community organizations and professional organizations show you're willing to give back in a way that only you can as an architect. That brings value to the firm as you begin to be recognized as a leader in those organizations when you volunteer, when you say yes, that is one more way that you can differentiate yourself, bring value beyond what anyone else can do, really make a difference in the world through the work you're willing to do beyond projects. The next thing is to be very, very aware of where you are versus where you were. It is so easy to get hired and have The people that hired you sort of do a snapshot assessment of who you are, the skill sets you bring, where you're going to fit in. So you get to work and you're good at those things. So you keep getting more of them. There it goes. And the next thing you know, it's three years later. Only you're still doing the same stuff. And you might have had cost of living raises, but you haven't seen that promotion. You haven't seen a substantial raise and everybody still kind of views you the way they did on day one. I learned the hard way that you cannot expect any employer to read the tea leaves on where you wanna go, your professional development goals, or the way that you are taking steps outside of the office to evolve yourself. So what I always suggest to everyone is keep your resume current. And it's not because you're gonna look for another job, it's because even you will forget all the things you accomplished one year to the next. Once a year, update your resume. And that way, it's top of mind to you how you are growing and cultivating your expertise and your skill sets. It's hopeful to bring this up to the people you work with fairly regularly so that they remember too. It's not really fair to think that they have this encyclopedic memory of you and everything you've ever done, but you want to make sure to remind them at critical moments because it helps their view of you evolve as you evolve, as you grow. And that translates to an increase in the way that they value you. I also wanted to address the whole do I change jobs conundrum. Statistically, it's true. You can actually make as much as 20% more when you change jobs. Precisely for the reason I just outlined, your current employer, unless you take those proactive steps, will always view you as the person you were instead of the person you've become. When you interview for a new job, you are doing what? Updating your resume, updating your portfolio, fine-tuning your message, selling yourself. We never think, to do those exact same things within the firm we currently work. So my advice is to imagine you're interviewing for the job you have right now at least twice a year, that radical reassessment. What new skills you've learned, what new responsibilities you've taken on, any licenses or specialty certifications you've acquired, any way you've been an advocate for an issue in your practice consistently, whether others see you as a resource or a leader. Name drop the people you've worked with or mentored or helped. Think about where there might be gaps between where you are and where you want to be. Ask for help filling those gaps. Use your employer as a resource to say, I would like to be better at delegating. So, are there some management responsibilities I could take on? Is there someone I could work with who could mentor me? Always look at who can be your role model, talk to that person. Ask them how they can help you learn some of the skills that they have. The last step in knowing what you're worth is knowing the going rate, and there are a lot of online resources. I've actually found sites like salary.com and Glassdoor do a decent job of pegging the income rate of architects for different ranges of experience in different states and cities. info.aia.org/salary. That is a great tool as well. You can pick your category of role and experience and where you live, and it will give you salary ranges so you can understand what's a fair ask and what's not reasonable. I have kind of a funny story to tell regarding this. When I worked in Phoenix, I was doing really well at the firm I was at had gotten a lot of advancement opportunities, had done a lot of the things that I've recommended you do in terms of growing specialized skills, being active in the community. And then we had to relocate back to Ohio for family reasons. The firm I interviewed with made me an offer I started laughing out loud. I thought it was a typo because it was so ridiculously low, significantly less than the amount I was earning in Phoenix. I actually said to them, are you kidding me with this? They were a little taken aback that I was challenging their offer and tried to make some kind of flimsy argument that the cost of living in Phoenix was higher. And I said, no, that isn't true. The average salary in Phoenix is lower than the average salary in Cleveland. So by that math, you need to pay me more than my current salary. And you know what? They were willing to do it. But I couldn't have had that conversation if I hadn't done the homework, I hope these tips have helped you. I did ask our Instagram following if they had any questions about salary, so I wanted to get to those next. Tanila Jeb asked, What are people doing the same work in the same industry earning? That is something you can look up. AIA has a great tracking resource, and I will put the link to that in the show notes. Just make sure that you are putting in the amount of experience because those salary rates are pegged to experience. You'll also always see that there is a range. You're probably wondering, well, how do I know? Am I at the top of the range, the bottom of the range? Go back and look at the other tips I gave previously and see how well you're doing at the providing value. For someone doing the role you are doing with the amount of years of experience that you have, how well you score on those value-based spectrum items will give you a sense. So if you are fairly new, in hitting that particular threshold, you're probably going to be in the bottom of the range. On the other hand, if you've been doing this a while and you're really hitting those value spectrum items, you're going to be at the higher end of the range. If you're kind of in progress on all that stuff, you're going to be in the middle. I also always say negotiation means finding common ground. So you always start, with a bigger ask than what you're willing to take so that you have room to discuss because how much you're worth is not just about dollars. I can't emphasize that enough. Can you get more vacation time? Could you get some professional expenses paid for? There's lots of other things that can go into salary, including bonuses for performance that you can talk about. Our next question was from Megan, and she wanted to know how you negotiate the salary you want as part of the interview. Going in with a bigger ask than what you're willing to take. And that sends a few messages. One, it shows you know your worth and you have confidence. It gives you room to have a conversation and to maybe ask for other things that matter to you Rather than just making it about dollars, definitely your negotiation should come from a place of strength, not weakness. I always advise people be willing to walk away if they say no. I can tell you that the firm I negotiated with, because they lowballed my salary offer, is one of the most toxic work environments I've ever been in or most people I know have ever been in. The fact that they were trying to lowball me should have been a red flag. A firm that isn't willing to talk or doesn't want to pay you what you're worth or tries to minimize your value, probably not a place you really want to end up working for anyway. Last question was from Michelle and she said, how do I say I'm worth it in a more convincing manner? Well, Michelle, this is really about how well you can solve someone's problem, whether it's an employer who needs your services and skill sets, or it's a client who needs your services and skill set. There are pain points. There are gaps. And that's really what you've got to outline, transcending this conversation about time for dollars and making it about value. What are you bringing that aligns with what they are needing? And when you can make that argument, you can have a conversation on a whole different level. If I want A luxury car, I am not going to buy the economy vehicle. It's just not going to have the features I want. So I can't say that the luxury car costs too much and I only want to pay for an economy car if I want the features that are in a luxury car. If someone wants what you offer but aren't willing to pay for it, it really isn't a match because. They don't want what you offer them. And sometimes it takes kind of putting a spotlight on that for them to really see. I hope this talk about money and knowing your worth and your value was helpful. I would love it if you would share any comments on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscriptions really help in our rankings which helps in our searchability you're enjoying this show and you want more people to be able to enjoy this show help us out by subscribing we hit number 160 rank in the career category on apple Podcasts this week which i'm super excited about because i started this january 4th was our first episode This has really been a huge leap ahead in just 10 weeks, but we'd love to hit number 60 or higher, which would make us show up in searches. If you could help me out by subscribing, I would really appreciate it. That is all for now. Take care, everyone, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.